I just slipped through an exam and you're listening to a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. The University of Otago-led study published today in the New Zealand Medical Journal exposes the reality of child poverty from the perspective of children themselves. 168 12-year-olds were involved in the study, which saw them involved them wearing automatic cameras for four days that took photos every seven seconds to witness what the day-to-day life of a child in poverty was like. We are now joined by Head of Department of Public Health at the University of Otago, Wellington, Professor Louise Signal, to tell us more about the research, how it was undertaken, and what needs to be done to address the issue of child poverty in Aotearoa. Kia ora. Kia ora. So to start, um, could, uh, poverty in Aotearoa affects more than 20% of children. How did the idea or concept behind the study of using cameras to track the lives of those living in poverty come about? We uh, know a lot about um, children from talking to adults. We don't really know a lot about what it's really like from a children's perspective. So we were really lucky to be funded to uh, study uh, the world in which children live. And we had very broad permission from the children and their parents to study any element of it. And we've done a number of studies. And this is a sort of compilation study where we've looked at a whole range of factors um, that these children encounter. And we've compared the images of the children who are the most privileged in our society with those who are the least privileged to try and understand what poverty actually looks like from that child's perspective. So could you describe for us what the experience of a child in poverty is as seen in the study? The child's experience is um, less healthy food, filling up on cheap junk food on the way to school, less books, less access to technology to do their homework, less balls to practice football in the backyard and um, play at the, at the uh, Commonwealth Games. Poor quality, broken and mouldy houses that are overcrowded. Uh, they have less personal space, less privacy, nowhere to do their homework. They've got less after-school care activities and less um, uh, sports opportunities as well. So it really is a complicated picture of being impoverished in sort of every element of their lives. Mm-hmm. What was one of the most shocking elements of this study that you found? The most shocking to me is the comprehensive nature of how poverty impacts on these children. It's not just one thing. It's not just the money, but it's in what that can be used for in so many fundamental ways that mean that the children just cannot live a healthy, um, a healthy life and develop and grow to their full potential. And that is just such a waste of, of um, uh, human potential. It's such a travesty for our country, in my view. We, um, we you know, need to have a thriving society and that's going to be built on the children of today. What are the implications of the fact that poverty rates among Māori and Pacifica children are twice as high as uh, New Zealand European children? They're outrageous. And, um, I mean, child poverty itself is outrageous and the way that it is patterned by ethnicity is absolutely Outrageous! It's certainly a colonial inheritance of this country, uh, and that is one of the the key reason for uh, Tamariki Māori to be um, so so disadvantaged. And not only are there more uh, Tamariki Māori living in, in disadvantage, but actually 
there are more of them living in severe poverty. 180,000 uh, New Zealand children have the most extreme poverty. And in our study, we did see those differences that even uh, when we compared Māori Pacific and New Zealand European, those poor children, the Māori and Pacific children, were struggling even more um, to access what they needed. And so what are the long-term implications for children experiencing life like those that was witnessed in this survey? They're completely profound in every aspect of their lives, so physically, mentally, socially, in terms of their confidence, their self-esteem, their opportunity for employment, their opportunity to go to university. Uh, these, are, these are all um, things that are the travesty of um, child poverty. So my last question for you this morning is um, on that note as well, that there have been some recent changes to things like housing and benefit levels for low-income earners. But what further policy solutions would you like to see to address the issue of child poverty in Aotearoa? I do think that the current government has made some important steps to address child poverty, and I'm, I'm particularly pleased for the uh, rental warrant of fitness, which has come in after the study. So housing hopefully is improving for few students and for our young children. But um, we also, the, um, there has been some increase in benefit levels. But basically, this is a failure of adults across political parties and across our society as a whole to not prioritise the rights of our children um, for, uh, for decades. Uh, we know that the mother of all budgets, which the national government um, brought in in 1991, slashed benefit levels to a level um, that ha- we have never recovered from. Ch- children in the 1980s had much more money available to them than they than they do today. So um, we need a we need a serious conversation. We need a reorientation of how we think about policy, and we should need policy and. And, and commitment in this country from the adults to focus on the children. That was a Radio 1 91FM podcast. But find more at r1.co.nz.